Did Eli Drinkwitz really call some Missouri fans losers? Well, let's talk about that and also a radical new helmet for tomorrow and a little more context on that Drinkwitz offense coming up right now on Locked on Mizzou. You are Locked on Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hail you true sons and daughters, I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and the central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball. And today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. And you know what? I think we should start today with Eli Drinkwitz making some fairly controversial comments, at least to some people on the internet. As you might imagine, yes, he took specific aim at a specific mentality on the internet to some extent, though while I admit that I don't think Eli Drinkwitz said this in probably the most eloquent way he could have, I actually think his overall point to his team is pretty sound here. Now, here's the full quote here. Eli said there's an old Bill Parcells quote that talks about losers assemble in groups and complain. And I would add, get on Twitter and message boards and all have the answers. And winners assemble as a team and find ways to win. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to assemble as a team and find ways to win. We're not going to focus on toxicity or negativity that has nothing to do with winning and producing any type of outcome for us that we want it to be. So our focus is how do we circle up as a coaching staff, as players, as the Mizzou football program, and find ways to win. Now, as you might imagine, some of those Twitter users and message board posters didn't take too kindly to those results, to those remarks, excuse me, especially after the results of this past Saturday. Missouri was completely outplayed in virtually every aspect of football. We all know that quite well. So perhaps Eli Drinkwitz should have maybe lowered his tone a little bit there, especially being so biting towards what are ostensibly his biggest fans. But I do have to say, his overall message, if this is what he's telling his players, essentially, take out the loser talk part of it, probably shouldn't have said that, right? But at the same time, His players absolutely should not be listening to anybody on Twitter or on message boards, and certainly not to me. God knows I have literally thousands of listeners on this program every month, and thank you all so much for making that possible. But I sure as heck hope that among those listeners are absolutely zero Mizzou football players. Because while I think I do a nice program for you all, you listen to it, hey, thanks, I appreciate it once again. But if you're a football player, the only opinions you should be listening to are your your parents, perhaps. Those are about the only people you really need to listen to. Maybe your old high school coach or something. Other than that, you need to listen to Eli, your position coach, and everybody within that program. Everybody else's opinions are just meaningless. Whether they're right or wrong or indifferent, there is something to be said for At a certain point, you just get too many thoughts and your brain overloads. And yes, at a certain point, it's going to make you depressed. 
his whole thing, another part of Eli's comments were, hey, if you're going to read the positive stuff, well, essentially you have to read the negative stuff too. So it's best to just leave that all aside. And the thing is, in 2022, human nature really hasn't changed that much. Football fans have always been sort of a a know-it-all group. We love being Monday morning quarterbacks and saying, well, here's what play call I would have run. Here's how I would do things differently and blah, blah, blah. That's sort of sports fandom in a nutshell. The difference is back in the day, if you were a Mizzou football player and you had a bad game, well, you might be able to read a column in the Columbia Tribune about it or in the Missourian, perhaps even the St. Louis Post-Dispatch or the KC Star if you really actually went out on the sidewalk and plunked down a buck twenty-five, But certainly nothing compared to just the amount of noise that you get via the internet. And like I said, like I sort of alluded to before, if you want to find the negativity, you can find it. And you can also find the people who are going to kiss your butt, no matter your sycophants. You're going to find those people as well. And really, it's all sort of toxic, if you will. I think that was probably another bad word choice there by Drinkwitz. Toxic in this modern day. Well, that has a bit of a negative connotation, kind of a pregnant sort of a, a, a sort of what am I trying to say? A a loaded word. There we go. Yes, toxicity, kind of a loaded word in our culture in 2022. So again, I think the messaging could have been a little better as far as the word choice and maybe the direction of his ire, but I think the overall point of, hey, you got to block out the noise is absolutely true. Now, at the same time, I'll defend some of these complainers because, well, frankly, we fans had plenty to complain about after this past Saturday. So let's just hope Mizzou football keeps getting better going forward and there's less negativity needed. Now, transitioning to the Missouri injury report for tomorrow, Xavier Delgado, Missouri offensive lineman, popped up as questionable, and to me, that's probably your most significant note there. Fortunately, Missouri playing Abilene Christian here, but really the last thing Missouri needs is is yet another first stringer on that offensive line being banged up. Obviously, that's been a problem area for the Tigers, especially last week on this young season. So that's definitely one to keep an eye on. Of course, I have absolutely no idea whatsoever Xavier Delgado's injury is because, God forbid, they actually share any information with the people who pay for tickets every Saturday. But you know what? I'll put that aside for a moment. Still remaining out, Demarion Houston, Chance Looper, Kyron Montgomery, and of course, Hyron White, speaking of that offensive line, Chad Bailey and Brady Cook declared probable. So not a whole lot to make of any of that. But you know what? Coming up, I do want to talk about those fancy schmancy newfangled Missouri football helmets. They're going to be debuted tomorrow. And also, has Missouri worn white at home ever? Well, somebody tell me that. I'm not totally sure. But that's what's going to be happening tomorrow. So let's talk about that. But first, I want to tell you about our title sponsor today, and that is Bet Online, your number one spot for all the lines, odds, wages, props, everything you could possibly imagine. They have you covered at Bet Online, where, by the way, some interesting props, of course, about the next Nebraska full time head football coach. Well, leader in the clubhouse, at least according to Bet Online, Matt Campbell, Iowa State coach at four to one. Mark Stoops checking in at five to one. Hey, please 
Take him out of Kentucky. I think we'd all be happy with that. But if you want a real long shot in Dominican Sue at 25 to 1, come on. Don't just hand your money to bet online. Don't bet on Indomitian Sioux, folks. But you know what? If you want to bet on boxing, golf, MMA, basketball, soccer, baseball, again, it's all there. It's all easy. Head to the website or use your mobile device. Learn more about the trends and actions over at Bet Online, where the game starts. Well, it's Friday, and you know what that means. It's time for Project run play and yes some very very unusual Missouri helmets to break down today if you look behind me you'll see well a bunch of power tigers a whole bunch of block m's and well the also a tiger sailor as well so this is the if you remember when Missouri lost the Liberty Bowl a few seasons ago with Drew Locke at quarterback against Oklahoma State those were some very Radical helmets as well, ones that I think have aged quite nicely. It looks really good on my shelf anyway, let's put it that way. But this is a new one. This is going to be what a lot of people are calling the script-style helmet. It's a gold helmet, much like the ones that Missouri wore a lot last year with the Block M on the side. But this time, instead, in cursive-style writing, you simply have tigers. Sort of reminiscent of maybe Ole Miss's helmets, if you can think of those. But if you want to get a better visual of what I'm talking about here, perhaps you haven't seen this news, just go to twitter.com slash football, and I'm sure you can check out all the images there. But uh, to me, this is a pretty cool look. I, I do think it's fair to wonder what the point is for Missouri here in rolling out a, a fancy new look against, well, a, a very nondescript opponent. Maybe that is the point, get people excited about Something, I guess, especially a game you're following, a a brutal loss, following it up with a game where you're frankly not going to learn much about the team. So all I know is Missouri's transition stylistically into being the Oregon of the Midwest continues unabated. No question about that. I do have to wonder, though, has Missouri ever worn white at home before? Apparently Abilene only has purple uniforms, so... I don't know, I guess the half a million dollar check we sent them to play this game was not enough for them to get white jerseys, so therefore Missouri wearing white at home tomorrow. If Missouri's ever done that before, somebody let me know. I know we've worn gold uniforms at home before, but white? I just don't recall. All right, enough with the outfits and the get-ups. Let's talk about the football field once again, and how about some more context on this Eli Drinkwitz offense? Not just this season, But now into year three, and I will say that with its 128 passing yards last week, this stat here, courtesy of Rock M Nation, just the second time that Missouri's had less than, or I should say fewer than 130 passing yards since the end of 2016, and well, that game, as you might have guessed, was the Arkansas game last season, which I unfortunately compared quite unfavorably to the Kansas State game last week. So certainly that that definitely confirms what I what I was what I saw and was talking about for sure. But also with just 3.4 yards per play, the last time the Tigers had a play had had that low of an output against a non-conference opponent was when Missouri lost in 2001. To that Michigan State game. By the way, that game was originally supposed to be played in September. 
was canceled because of the World Trade Center attacks. Missouri was kind of, eh, they were a little checked out at the end of that season, the first, the inaugural Gary Pinkle campaign. So not a great one to be compared to there either. Again, a 55-7 loss by Missouri to the Spartans there in East Lansing. Also the first time the Tigers have thrown four interceptions since the 2014 beat down by Georgia. And really just, now this is some more stats here from Bill C., who, Bill Conley, formerly of Football Outsiders, currently at ESPN.com. Some more stats about how Eli Drinkwitz really does throw short passes and likes to, frankly, nibble. Well, you'll notice that Missouri, his first two seasons, 67% completion percentage. Hey, statistically, that's pretty good. And in fact, that's best. That's the 12th best in FBS in the country over that span. But just averaging 7.2 yards per attempt, that's the eighth lowest in all of FBS football. So what that confirms is, is Missouri's completing passes at a high rate, but they aren't going very far past the line of scrimmage. And at a certain point, by the way, Brady Cook's average per attempt so far has been right about online with those first two years at Missouri overall in this passing game for the Tigers. But you would think with, you know, horizontal pass, run it, another horizontal pass, at a certain point you would get the defense to come up and the theory would be, hey, take a shot over the top. But unfortunately, Missouri only averaging just 1.4 deep shots per game. And for these purposes, that means passes that travel more than 30 yards downfield. Only 16 teams have averaged fewer than that. So again, Missouri, one of the absolute statistically lowest teams in terms of taking shots down the field in Drinkwood's first two years. So all these stats just confirm everything that we have been talking about and most Missouri fans have been complaining about after this Kansas State game. Just too many short passes, not enough long shots. Maybe that's a function of limitations in the roster. I'll give you that. But at the same time, it doesn't look that much different than it has the last two years. I'm just starting to think this kind of is the Drinkwitz offense. And all this talk of he's going to take more shots downfield, well, I'll believe it when I see it. And coming up, this new Missouri administration led by Desiree Reed Francois continues to try new ideas. One of these will be in a couple weeks. We're actually going to see basketball outdoors on the quad. So let's talk about that idea after these quick words. Two weeks from today, Mizzou Madness, the opening basketball practice of the season, is going to be making its return, although in a very unusual place. Yes, not in Mizzou Arena, but Friday, September 30th, starting at 8 o'clock, we're going to be seeing basketball on the Francis Quadrangle, and of course in front of the columns in Jesse Hall. A really interesting idea, and one that I'm all about, quite honestly. Why not create a different event, something, something totally different, some buzz? And by the way, maybe some of your lazier <laughs> non-walking students on campus will maybe just mosey on over to the quad instead of having to take, I don't know, the 20, 25-minute, 30-minute walk perhaps even all the way over to Missouri Arena depending on where you are on campus. This is going to include, by the way, it's the men's and the women's basketball teams are going to be a part 
of this event, interactive games with people in the audience, food, live DJ, laser show, and really just if you think about how this is going to work, you'll have people gathered around the court, standing, I assume. Perhaps some will bring some lawn chairs, that type of thing. Well, that sort of atmosphere compared to, I don't know, two or 3,000 people in the fairly cavernous Mizzou Arena when that many people are inside of it, really it should make for a better atmosphere. Certainly a visually more interesting one, and I don't know, I think it's a good idea. We'll see how it comes off, but I absolutely applaud the effort and the willingness to try something a little different. And by the way, one final note on football, this time about the Southeastern Conference and a couple very familiar names to Missouri, of course, Last summer, 2021, it was announced that Texas and Oklahoma were going to be coming to the SEC as late as 2025. That was going to be when they could officially leave without any sort of complications or negotiations or or penalties, let's put it that way. But I personally, for one, never assumed that it was going to be that long of a period of time, and honestly, I'm surprised It hasn't happened already, but it sure looks like next season is going to be the year now because the SEC, this is according to Pete Thamel, the SEC has directed Georgia and Tennessee to not play their home-and-home non-conference series against Oklahoma. You see, Georgia had Oklahoma on the schedule for next season. The Volunteers 2020 game against Oklahoma was canceled because of the COVID-19 restrictions was expected to be made up down the line. But just the fact that Georgia and Oklahoma are scheduled to play next year, that's a big-time football game, a ratings draw, money draw without question. So if the league is telling them, eh, let's not do this, I don't think it's just because they don't want to have a non-conference game before the SEC happens. I have to assume that Texas and Oklahoma are almost certainly going to be in the SEC next season. At least that's how I'm reading it. Maybe you're reading it a different way, and if you are, hey, hit me up on Twitter or anywhere on social media at Locked on Mizzou. How about you tell a friend about this podcast if you've had fun today? Locked on Mizzou will get you home. All the links you could possibly need to YouTube, to all the audio podcasts. But also, if you need some more talk on the Southeastern Conference today, definitely make your second listen, Locked On SEC, with Chris Gordy and his absolute bevy of excellent national guests that I'm highly, highly jealous of. So, until next time, I'm John Miller, and thanks so much for listening to Locked on Mizzou. Locked on Mizzou.